Feel the rhythm. The highlight of your week has arrived, Andrew. Yes, it has. Feel the rhyme. I don't know how to say your Instagram handle, so I'm not even going to try. Get on up. It's 11 o'clock on a Saturday. We all know what that means. That you're probably keeping me from watching a Liverpool game? Yep. It's podcast time. One week away from party time. Bringing back the guitar. Uh, what emotions are we feeling this weekend, guys? Oh, I, I've been battling allergies and a cough and sore throat and all that fun stuff for the last week. So I'm pretty excited to get that over with. Intense excitement for me. Yes. What a Debbie Downer. I'm I feeling know. really good. I'm, I'm, I'm barely getting any sleep because my son is teething and now so he's got stuffiness. And no, I just, no, it's not because of that. I would love for it to be that reason. <laughs> but no, unfortunately, it is not. Wow, we are super yeah. for the same and can't wait. You know what's funny is like on one hand I'm excited because I'm starting to feel better with my running and I, I think I'm going to attempt a race next weekend. And yet at the same time I'm like a little down because I'm not racing for the purpose that I thought I was. So yes, race weekend's coming up and we're yeah, all man, one week away and one of us <laughs> is recovering from injury, one of us is sick, and the other one's son won't sleep. Man, we cannot you know, be the, more ready. We, we've never said that our podcast is going to sugarcoat it for you. That's true. We this never told true. you that it was going to be bright and sunshiny and all that stuff. So, yes, this is real, people. This is yeah. real life. The grit. This is, this is how we've managed to survive for 21 episodes. Well, <laughs> let's not count 21 yet. We got to finish today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, this is episode 21. Uh, which means if episodes were years of life, um, Rust Belt Running would be able to drink legally, Woo. which also means the first 20 episodes wouldn't have been nearly as much fun because um, I drink during some of them. And illegal. Right. Right, because we were under 21. Yep. Don't drink illegally, guys. No, no, we do not condone that. That's yeah. Andrew. I've been I've been noticing lately. Um, <laughs> we have a special interview coming out this week with Leah Bacco. She's one of the Cleveland Marathon ambassadors, and we've had uh, a lot of great interviews. But lately, um, I know you said you're going through allergies, but there was a part of that interview which it'll drop here within the next week. Where spoiler alert! It's not a spoiler. It's called a it's called a tease. We're marketing it. And she's actually a marketing um, employee. She's a marketing professional. So it's a really great interview. I was not there, unfortunately, because I had a, a footy ball match at the Columbus Crew Stadium. But there was a part that kind of, um, I'm spoiling some of it. In the beginning, you talk about me being away. And Adam says, yeah, Thomas, we miss you. Kind of transitioning back to Andrew, you're supposed to say, yeah, totally. But instead, you were like, <sighs> One, two, three, four seconds of silence before you said anything. So, um, like I said, we try to keep it real. But if you need to air any grievances, Andrew, please let me know. Save I, that for the Christmas episode again. Festivus. I got a list. Now. I got a list. All right. Already? It's only May. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go be the best episode ever. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to be talking a lot about the Cleveland Marathon today because we are one week away. We have been trying to contain our excitement, if you can't tell. Um, so if you, And we've talked a lot about the Cleveland Marathon um, in recent weeks. We've done 
a dozen or so interviews with uh, Cleveland Marathon ambassadors, with people associated with the Cleveland Marathon. Um, and we're going to continue talking about it because that's what we want to talk about. Um, so if you're getting sick of the Cleveland Marathon, um, you, this isn't the episode for you. So, um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, so we're going to talk about a great race. Um, we're going to go through a few things today. Um, we're going to help you out with some of the logistics, uh, where you can meet us. If you, if that's really what you want to do, um, you're more than welcome to do that. Um, we'll, we'll share our feelings about the race, our expectations. Um, we're going to break down the race course and Thomas is going to attempt. He's not been very good at stumping us. We, we both did pretty good last week. Mm. It um, depends on the grading scale you're using. If you're using a standard educator's grading scale, you're not getting we're passing. grades. You're getting like C's and we're D's. We're passing. That's all that matters. You got hey, some you F's too. Oh. If this was a GPA, I don't even think you'd be allowed into like Tri-C. So. Wow. If you go to Tri-C... Um, I apologize for. I have nothing wrong with try The degradation that just came out of Thomas's mouth. Right. I'm um, just saying it's easier I, to get into some schools than others. I took some yeah. classes at Tri-C. Right. I mean, if you would have said Devry or something, that would have been better. Phoenix. <laughs> you couldn't even get into. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we're not going to talk about for-profit education and current events. What are we going to talk about in current events today, Thomas? We're. Oddly enough, this is a pretty big week for records. Not just current records, but new records and old records. There's a lot of talk with breaking different records. So the first current event we have, the shoe company Hoka. Have you heard of them? Sure. I I'm probably mispronouncing it. I'm sure, well, if no, I was, right. Andrew would have already told me. I no, mispronounced no, that's right. it. You got it. Uh, thank you, Adam. You're such a positive, positive influence. They had a 100K race with the intent of the race to be to break the world record for the 100K, which, spoiler alert, it did not get broken. But during that race, a 50-mile world record was broken. And this was a legit race. It wasn't a sub-two, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But a gentleman named Jim Walmsley, he has the new 50-mile record during that race. He broke it in four hours and 50 minutes and eight seconds, which is roughly about a 43-second improvement on the previous record, he also broke the American 50-mile record by more than a minute. So for 50 miles, if you're not doing the math, it's 548 per mile for a 450 and 8-second 50-mile run. That's amazing. What that do you folks think? I think it's incredible. Four fifty or um, 548 for a mile time is absurd. Like Adam and I are faster runners when it comes to you know, the weekend warrior and stop making that face, Thomas. Um, and it's crazy to me to think about that. That's like my 800 or mile repeat pace. And this guy's going out and running it for 50 straight miles. And I'm doing that on a track or a flat surface. He's doing it on road. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Walmsley's diversity amazes me because he, I believe it was earlier this year or late last year, um, ran a half marathon that got him the standard to get into the Olympic trials. Um, he won the Western States 100, I think it was two years ago. 
and set the record for that at the time, um, which I think was 14 hours and change. And we're talking about a hundred mile race that starts out at the bottom of a mountain. And it wasn't even dark when he finished. So just the, the diversity that he has is incredible to be able to run a hundred mile race in less than 15 hours and then run a half marathon just over an hour and then put together 50 straight miles of 548. It's insane. Yeah, it was nuts. Now you might be thinking to yourself, self, well, he did 50 miles. How did he do in the hundred K? He must've won the hundred K. He did not win the hundred K soon after finishing the 50 mile run. He started, uh, well, first he sat down. And then he started walking for a little bit. So I think he had 50 miles on his mind the whole time. I don't think he was trying to win the entire thing. Um, but, I mean, still an accomplishment. It's an amazing accomplishment. I mean, 548 per mile. That's, yeah. I will never run 548 mile. Because I, I don't think I've ever run just one mile. But if I did, I would be dead before I ran it in 5 minutes and 48 seconds. What's even This not, did not, this did count despite the fact that it wasn't a 50 mile race. Yeah. Okay. okay. It counted. But 50 Ks and or 50 miles and 100 Ks, these they definitely have a market, right? They have a niche market. They have a group of folks who are very loyal to ultra marathons and running these super long distances. But this current event was overshadowed pretty quickly by our second current event. A guy named Iliud Kipchoge. Have you ever heard of him? Oh, we've talked about him a few times. If you've listened to our last podcast, or probably 10 out of the 21 podcasts, you've heard his name. Yeah, he uh, he just won the London Marathon. He has He's the current... famous for something, isn't he? He's, yeah, he has the world record for the fastest marathon, Andrew. Okay. But just days after this 50-mile record was broken, a, a rich, rich British man announced that they are going to have a new attempt at the sub two hour marathon. And oddly enough, it was on the same week that Ilya Kipchoge did the last Nike sub two, where he was the last runner standing and he almost broke it in that event that would not have ultimately counted. And by the way, this new event will also not count because it's not a recognized race. It's going to be set up. There's no specifics about it outside of it's going to be done in the UK in either September or October, and they're going to be using pacers. Pretty exciting stuff. And talking about records, it was done. It was announced on the same week that Roger Bannister broke the four-mile um, running mark. So it was on that anniversary too. Pretty, pretty monumental week. But what do you think about this uh, new attempt at a sub two? He's a Nike athlete, but Nike is not putting this one together, or at least it sounds like that. I'm right. guessing Nike will have their hand in it because Nike is always going to have their hand in anything involving one of their athletes. Well, and he he runs now with like the shoes and some of the some of the uniform modifications that they used when they did breaking two. He's continued to run that you know in in those uniforms and in those shoes since then. Um, you know, my first thought is that if it's going to be done initially, it's probably going to be done at an event like this that's engineered to make it happen as opposed to a race. Um, you know, we were talking about this beforehand, and Andrew and I kind of differ on this. When when Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile, it was, at the time, considered unbreakable. Just people felt it wasn't going to be done. And when Bannister finally did it, 
multiple people broke it like almost immediately after too. Like all of a sudden, and I, you know, one of the theories is that essentially like it was almost psychological, like you couldn't, it was considered this unbreakable barrier that you couldn't get past. And once somebody did it, that's like that block almost was gone. I don't know if it's going to happen the same way with a marathon. If it's going to happen first, I think it'll happen in an engineered event like this. Will that clear a psychological block where other people are able to do it in a race condition? I don't know. Um, I'm interested. I think, I think it's awesome to see the limits of human performance, um, you know, tackled to see somebody go after it. Um, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Elliot. He is 34. So if it's going to happen, it's going to happen soon for him or else I don't know if he's going to be able to do it much longer. I mean, 34 is, is old for a distance runner. He's getting up there. Well, I tell you what, um, his, his world record is, uh, is over a minute and a half off of, uh, of that two hour mark. Yeah. His other attempt, you're talking about 25 seconds. Yeah. That's, that's a huge difference. Um, now that 25 second mark is so, well, you said we were going to disagree on it. I think what we were talking about was it has to be in an engineered event like this. Um, you just think it's not possible. I, I don't at, at this point. I mean, it will be at some point. I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime. True. That it's that it's possible to break two hours in a race in a true race. Um, I it's it's going to have to be with that with that like flying V that they did with pacers around um, the three men who uh, attempted with the Nike project. Uh, you know, where they're basically just on call for what, what were they were on call for like three days waiting for perfect weather conditions in Italy when they were getting ready to try that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it was around the track. So wind wasn't going to be an issue because right. you know, the way that the race is. So I, I just, I think you're talking about way too much time to do it in a, uh, you know, race format, but even taking 25 seconds off, I mean, that's a huge, huge gap that Elliot's going to have to cover. I think he can do it. Yeah, if anybody can, it's it's probably right. him. It has to be him. There's there's nobody else who's going to be able to do it. I mean, how far were, uh, were um, DeCisa and um, – oh, shoot. We just had the other – Tardesay. Yeah. I mean, how far were they off of Eliud? They didn't even finish, did they? Uh, I think they finished, but they both fell off the pace. Uh, while you're you talking, I didn't watch that. Are you talking about the sub two? Mm-hmm. I didn't watch. Did you it. watch that? No, it was in the middle of the night. I was following. Um, Alex Hutchinson is a sports science writer, and I was following his commentary before and after. Um, but I did not watch it because it was. I want to say it was like two or three in the morning. No, Adam, I know you were the you're the resident running nerd, and I say that with total admiration. It's not anything where I'm making fun of you for it. Not at all. Brains is a good thing. But that sub two event, mm-hmm. I I set an alarm. I think it started at midnight or one. Oh, did you? And I set an alarm and I, I started watching it and I was tired when I first started. But as it kept going, I I nerded out completely. Did you? Like my wife was wa- like next she was next to me. She wasn't watching it. I was like, oh, Amy, and I was updating her on the times, and she didn't care. But it was, it was amazing. It was a lot of fun, even if it was engineered. And I had some friends who came out after, it and they were like, oh, well, this is blah 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 because of the car and the pacers. But being able to say that you saw somebody run a sub two hour right. marathon, and I know that both of you think it won't happen in a race one day, but they didn't think the four mile 
uh, four less than four minute mile wasn't going to happen. And then we also talk about Ilya Kipchoge. He's the only uh, guy who could do it. But 15 years ago, who's right. talking about Ilya Kipchoge? We don't know who's in the pipeline. We don't know who these elite runners are until they, oh, wait, look, that's an elite runner. We don't know what's going to come from him. There's going to be another Iliad. There's going to be somebody that comes out of the out of the woodwork, and I, maybe they'll do it in an actual race. And I think the first time it's probably going to be in an engineered event like this. I think it'll eventually, once that gets cleared, happen in a race. I mean, it's going to be a race where there's going to have to be a lot of perfect things that line up. I'm going to have to go back. Runner's World did a, a breakdown of what they thought was going to have to go into a sub two hour marathon in a race. And they specifically looked at like race conditions and where they thought it might happen. And um, I'll have to see if I can find that magazine and look over that. But hypothetically, I think it could happen in a race, but it's gonna have to be perfect weather, no winds, just a lot of things that line up. But I mean, that can happen. Um, uh, you're t- you know, you guys keep bringing up the four hour or the four hour mile, the four minute mile um, and how, you know, that nobody thought that was going to happen. Uh, the record before we we were humans ran a sub four was four oh two. Yeah, you're talking about cutting off two seconds in a mile. That is a whole lot different than talking about cutting off a hundred seconds in a marathon or even twenty five seconds in a marathon. It's, um, it is different energy systems though. With the marathon, you're almost fully using aerobic power. With a mile like that, you're going to be mostly using anaerobic speed, and it just you're talking. It's two very different systems that you're using. I mean, that gets that gets really complicated when you talk about energy systems. But I agree. I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. I was just um, watching Thomas's face. He looks. <laughs> he looks like, like he looks like a kid in class being lectured to. Like I don't understand at all. Take um, notes. I, but it is, you know, you do use, you do use different energy systems, and with the mile, when you're running that fast, you're using what's called anaerobic speed, and you train differently for that. It's why interval training is so popular with like milers. So I, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I do agree with you though that it's still 25 seconds. When you think about how the, the distance of where you are 25 seconds away from a finish line, right? I mean, it's it's a long way away, right? Uh, you, you talked about, and it's even too. longer for these guys. Like we can picture twenty-five seconds, right? You know, but these guys are a lot faster than we are. Twenty-five seconds—they're covering a hell of a lot more ground than we are. I mean, that's a that's a significant. Um, I mean, how much did Meb win the Boston Marathon by the year he won? Like twelve seconds. Hey, I was like eight or ten seconds. Like, yeah. and it was a it was a huge gap. There was no doubt the whole way down Boylston. Yeah. You know, so you're talking about twenty-five seconds. I mean, that's. And just um, I, way to go. I found the results of breaking too. So Iliad was two hours and twenty five seconds, and then today say was behind him at a two oh six fifty one, and then Decisa was a two fourteen ten. So even in an engineered event, those two guys were well, well away from getting even close to breaking it. Right, which shows, especially with Decisa, who we have a little more, um, or we have a lot more statistics to go off of i mean to he he probably just fell off and was like i'm just going to finish this at one point i mean probably you know going i trained for this i'm going to keep the training for um i think he won boston the following year um but uh but i i I, i'm going to cut us off here 
Oh. I'm not trying to be rude, but I did try this transition a few minutes ago and I got interrupted, so I'm going to try it again. So you talk about perfect race, Adam. We're going to get to the perfect race, which is the Cleveland Marathon. You see? You like that? Wow. That was a good segue. Um, but before we do, we have one more current event. Yep. And to kind of curb our enthusiasm on this one, I'm going to ask you for a one-sentence response to this current event. And then we're going to move on. I want to hear your thoughts in one sentence. And then we'll get into Cleveland because that's why the people are here. That's why the masses, masses are air, listening to our podcast. Air quotes. To talk about Cleveland this week. You can't see it. Yeah, I did air quotes. Because um, most people are listening to our audio version, which we appreciate. Please leave reviews. Final event. Andrew, yeah. you'll start us off with your response. We've got Galen Rupp and Mo Farah have both elected to run the Chicago Marathon. Farah is not going to run the 10K at the Worlds. And it sounds like he might be switching to the marathon full-time. So, Andrew, in one, one sentence or less, what do you think? Test them for doping. Okay, thank you very much. Adam, what's your one se uh, sentence or less? It will be interesting to see Rupp try to break the... the um... Uh, set this, get the, get the standard for Olympic qualification. That's what he'll be looking to do. Awesome. It was two sentences. Yeah, you did. I was a second sentence. There was a pause. No, he got nervous. I understand. You don't want to have all the pauses in here. There was a semicolon in there, which can separate two uh, sentences. That's true. He got you there. Well, once Andrew. again, though, audio version. Nobody's going to see the semicolon. But I, I think, no, I, I, I think his, his pause was an implied semicolon. I'm painting a picture. He's a real Rembrandt of the podcast over there. So that was our current events. Let's talk about a more current-er event, something that's very near and dear to our hearts. The Cleveland Marathon. It's a future event. Yeah. Let's get up to 88 miles per hour and uh, talk about Cleveland next weekend. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Well, we, no, do. we do actually it's a race. Yeah, it's a road race. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so for this road race, Adam. Yeah. What What are your plans? You You've talked about you. You've been battling injuries. You were training yeah. for the full. You know, you were gonna, um, you were gonna best your time from Columbus, yes. so that we could have the, the victory versus the team up north, and your Boston qualifier time be good. I said we we're gonna come back to it. Here we are. Yeah, we are. So um, you've been battling injury. What's going on uh, for next Sunday? Yeah, so um, finally, within the last couple of weeks, I finally started to feel decent again. Um, I, I had really been planning up until about two or three days ago to not run anything because I just I wasn't really feeling overly good when I was running. Um, but Luckily, talked some things over with my chiropractor and a few visits, and we think we've kind of gotten to the root of what the problem was, and I've been feeling pretty good when I've been running the last couple of weeks. So after the podcast today, I'm going to head out to the Calgary Valley and run 12 miles of hills, and if I come away from that feeling good, my plan next week is to run the half marathon, and um, this, is, this is technically the end of week one of my training for the Erie Marathon, provided everything continues to feel good. So I'm just kind of folding that into, you know, part of my Erie training. And we're going to kind of look to use that as kind of a jumping point to really hit the summer running well. And we're still going to get that 
better time for Boston before the registration window opens. And it'll just, it'll come a little bit later this year than I thought it would. What are you most excited about? You besides, know, now, besides hanging out with me and Thomas in person. Well, clearly that's, that's going to be exciting. Um, you know, what's funny. I don't, listeners probably don't know this. The three of us, at least I have never met either of you two. Andrew, I ran, I ran about 25 yards with Thomas. Um, and you and Hall I, Bay marathon a few years ago and Andrew, you and I were, orange slices. Yeah. Did, yeah. And then Andrew, you and I were in the same room when we, uh, when we met Meb up at Akron, but we never actually interacted. So this will be the first time the three of us have all been together. Yeah. I don't think we knew each other then. We, we followed each other on Twitter. Very little. Yeah. And like we'd had a couple of interactions, but we hadn't actually like ever held a discussion. So yeah, it'll be the first time the three of us have all been together and, and thomas you and i have some exciting stuff coming up uh in about three weeks um oh, let's man. move on to next week <laughs> next week um, to next week god help me um you know no look now that i've decided that i i'm most likely running uh provided everything goes well today i i i just love i love cleveland we talk about it a lot I, we really we don't mean to nerd out on this race as much as we do, but I think it's, it's also special for us. And Cleveland was the race that made me fall in love with running. And I'm just so very much looking forward to being, to being down there, to being part of that energy. Races are just, you get a different energy when you're on a race course, when you're there for a race week. And there's just, there's just this, this excitement that comes with being at the expo, with being in the city. Um, and it just, it just, it makes me feel alive. You know, it's, it's, it's not why I run, but it really makes all the running that I do worth it when I get to have those weekends where you get to put on a race number and just be part of that. So I'm really looking forward to that. How about you guys? I'm, uh, I've been kind of struggling with getting distance in since we got back from vacation. And then I started running really well the last couple of weeks and now I'm fighting just awful allergies and coughing like crazy and all that. So I'm looking forward to being over that, but, um, I'm, I'm really, I, it kind of has shifted my focus a little bit because I was wondering, I was like, what can I do for the half? Like, what am I going to be able to do for that? Uh, my results have been really good in a lot of my runs that I've had. I might be able to, even with like limited training this spring, I might be able to go out and PR a half because I just feel like I'm in great shape. But with this allergy stuff, I've kind of shifted my focus. And since I'm doing the 8K and half, I'm going to really focus on the 8K on I'm going to really enjoy going balls out on Saturday. <laughs> Thomas. The, the turn of phrase. No, I, I'm, I'm happy for you. I think that's a great goal to shoot for you. You're going to get that awesome challenge series medal too, on top of the other two medals you get. That's, that sounds like a good weekend to me. And I, and I have, they've done the challenge series for three years. This will be year number four. And I'm currently looking at from 2016. Um, I have a first place male placard for the 8K. Um, from 2017, I have a second place um, award for uh, my age group in the 8K. And then from last year, I was second place in the 5K in my age group. So I want to keep my age group placing streak going. Um, and I definitely want to um, PR the 8K. That's that's going to be a huge goal of mine, and uh, I'm gonna really focus on that, and then just kind of go out on Sunday, have fun. My wife is going to be volunteering at the start and at the finish, 
Um, so that'll be really cool on Sunday to kind of take that, um, you know, take that whole experience from start to finish in with her. Uh, and uh, she's running the 5K on Saturday as well. So it's going to be a really fun weekend. And then yeah. um, we're going to get in more to what the three of us are going to be doing together um, a little later. And that is uh, that's nerve wracking and exciting all at the same time. And Brittany, just heads up. Um, I'm running the 10K. So if you give out medals at the end of the race, you do not have to give me my medal because I will tell everybody this is a little um, I'm getting a little personal here, but I sweat. Like I know runners sweat and stuff, and it's a marathon, and a lot of people are going to be sweaty. But I like, I sweat. She's so going to she be does doing, not have. She's going to be doing challenge medals. So oh well, then definitely so, I won't get one because yeah. I, I will not run the challenge series until they bring back the spinning guitar medals. Once they bring back the guitars, I will. Yeah, they. Oh, there you go, Adam. That was you, you missed it on the. You have to watch the video to get the full experience. But he did do an awesome air guitar. Um, good job. I'm looking forward to. I'll go through my list real quick first um just being in cleveland because i love the city it's a great place to hang out my family's all from cleveland i have uh i'm connected to the city it's like i'm down in columbus but my heart always a little bit there second one uh, just being a part of the cleveland marathon and part of that being hanging out with you guys getting to meet you adam because like you said this is kind of weird but we've never hung out together outside of uh outside of the text message and bitmoji conversations that we have and like the occasional it's the like occasional we podcast. are in the same room sometimes yeah and then that way adam and andrew won't be able to ruin things because i watch everything on a delay so we'll be able to actually see things live <laughs> in person together that'll be nice and then the third thing is pierogies because Ooh, at four yeah. o'clock on saturday once sokolowski's opens yes i am going to be getting some amazing pierogies that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Cleveland's oldest family-owned restaurant. It's it's the best restaurant in Cleveland. Yes. Sokolowski's University Inn. Look it up, folks. Okay. All right. So Andrew's never been there, it sounds like. I have, have not. Been there? I have not. Oh, Andrew, you've got to go. And you call yourself an ambassador. Cafeteria-style oh. Polish food. Oh. I, get a, uh, oh. I get free pasta dinner tickets, and so... Oh my gosh! Don't do this. But you, you do visit free pasta three. dinner to Sokolowski. You, you, you do it, visit Cleveland every now and then, right? No, I, I don't go up as much as I would probably like to, especially now that the Cavs suck. So, wow. Sorry. Let's move on, Adam. Speechless. Yes. Well, do you on. see the ambassadors? Yes. That you're picking. I think How you have we... two good candidates here. Yeah, next we'll be bringing that up with you, Ralph. Um. <laughs> All right, so that's I'm why I sigh, Thomas. <laughs> so I'm going to break down the course a little bit. There is a really good video of the race course. Uh, we'll actually, I'll post that on our Twitter feed a little bit later on today. It's about an eight minute long video of the race course. Um, if you're from out of town, I always recommend that you drive the course or see a video of the course so that there are no, you know, unexpected things that might pop up that you're not uh, that you're not you know expecting. Nothing worse than running a race and finding that there's a small but significant hill in your way at some point that you didn't plan for unexpected uh, things you're not expecting hey listen man I, I can't be on every time i can't be on 100 of the time here okay um this is the glory of, of live podcasting 
So I basically broke down the course into three different parts, and I'm not going to talk about every little part of it, but just kind of give you some highlights and maybe some things that, especially if you haven't run this race before, or you're from out of town, that uh, maybe you should just be aware of. Um, the first part is the downtown part. We start downtown. You start right by in the Gateway District where the Cavs and the Indians play. Um, a lot of our ambassadors have talked about one of the things I love about Cleveland is how you really get a feel for the city. You really get to see a lot of cool sites and the downtown part, really the first probably six miles are a really big part of that. You go through Playhouse Square, you go through, you know, like I said, the Gateway District past First Energy Stadium down by the lake and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame down into the flats. Um, it's really touristy. I will tell you that it's going to be congested. And this is a part of the course where if you're looking to get out really fast, kind of be patient with it because it gets a little, um, it does get a little congested. People always gravitate towards the inside of the curves when you're going around a curve. And so just be patient. Uh, don't try to be like a football punt returner. We are trying to zigzag and weave in and out because you don't want to, you don't want to be sprinting too early and, and waste energy trying yeah, to do use it to your advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Try, focus on your stride in those. I think that's one thing like when, when you're in those congested areas, you need to focus on, you know, maintaining proper form, but take the slow pace at the beginning, the first yeah. mile or two, use it to your advantage. And then when you get out of the city, you're two miles down and you're finally ready to start running. Right. Exactly. Um, there is right around mile three, right when you're getting um, out of where over by the Browns play and you're going to be heading into the flats, you go down a hill that is it's brick, it's paved in brick. And if it is wet, it will be slick. Like last year, the race was kind of misty. So just be aware of that. It's right after mile three. You're going to be going down a hill. You'll know exactly where you're at. Just be aware of that because it does get a little slick. Uh, you don't want to be falling there because you still have 23 miles left to go. Other thing I'll point out is that in those first six miles, you're going to go over three bridges. One bridge if you're running the 10K, three bridges if you're running the half or the full. Uh, it's metal grading. It's a weird sort of sensation to run over. I think Allison Sedlock was the one who brought it up that she wasn't overly comfortable doing that. So yeah, just not a fan. Yeah, not just a fan. be aware of that because not every race is going to have that. Um, that gets you out of the first part of the race and takes you into the second part of the race, which is really more of like the neighborhood feel. Tremont's in Ohio City. Uh, the hill into Tremont's going to be short, but it's steep. Uh, Cleveland's a very flat course, but you do have that very short, steep hill. Just be aware of it. You know, don't try to kill yourself getting up that hill because you still have about 20 miles to go at that point. Just know that it's there. Um, these really are kind of my favorite parts of the race course or two of my favorite parts of the race course because you're into neighborhoods now. And these are really well spectated portions of the mm -hmm. course. Tremont's really kind of a hip place, a little bit of a younger crowd there. A lot of restaurants, a lot of bars. People will be out there offering you beer, offering you shots. I'm not saying if you're trying to BQ, that's really the way you want to go, but... A um, lot of live music. Uh, you get to go past the iconic West Side Market. You do get to go past Thomas's favorite Cleveland restaurant, Sokolowski's University Inn. Um, you will, when you come out of this section, when you're heading over by the West Side Market, you do re-encounter the 10K course. And I'll be interested to see if they have this better organized than they did last year. Because you run with the 10K runners for about a mile, maybe more. And it's the slower 10K runners that you mix back in with. And there was nothing that separated out the faster marathoners and half marathoners from the slower 10Kers. And it was, it was a little congested and it was a little hard to run through last year because like I was, I was 
towards the front of the pack last year and trying to start weaving my way in and out of slower 10Kers, no offense to them. Uh, it was just kind of a little unsettling where I'd had like a lot of space to maneuver and all of a sudden it was very crowded again. So I'm kind of hoping they have that divided off. All you would really need are like traffic cones to just divide the road into two lanes. Um, but just be aware of that, especially if you're like towards the front of the pack looking for you know a time, a really fast time. When you're getting out of Tremont, it could get a little congested again. Um, really, the last almost half marathon of the course is much more open. Uh, the first, I'd say probably 10, 12 miles of the course, there's a lot of turns, a lot of curves. Once you get out of that course, you get onto Lake Avenue, it's very open, very straight, not a lot of turns. And this actually is my favorite part of the course. Uh, you're into Lakewood now. Uh, Lakewood's got a lot of just gorgeous old homes. This part of the course is very well spectated. Uh, the interview that we had with Leah Bacco the other night, she mentioned her first marathon was the famed 2016 Cleveland Marathon, the most Cleveland race ever with hail and snow and you know thunder snow. And she brought up how even with as cold as it was, there were people lining Lake Avenue supporting you. And that was my first full marathon. Andrew, I know you've talked about that race. Um, I'm always overwhelmed by how well spectated Lake Avenue is. It opens up. There's great supports. It's gorgeous. You're going to turn around uh, at the Lakewood Rocky River border around mile 18. That's always really well spectated. Uh, the news sets up there. They broadcast the race live. A lot of energy in that court, part, of the section, uh, part of the course. And then you head back towards Cleveland. A couple of things I'll point out to you as you head back towards Cleveland. Uh, one is the shoreway. Right around mile 23, you hit the shoreway. You're into your last three miles. Cleveland's a very flat course, but the shoreway and the road back up to Detroit Avenue has some climbs. They're not steep climbs, they're not significant climbs, but I have seen people kind of like hit the wall there and start walking like very, very fast people. So just kind of know that there's going to be some hills late in the course that you have to contend with. Uh, there's a small section of the course, it's right before mile 23 on Cliff Drive. You're only on this road for maybe about a minute it has a gorgeous view of downtown Cleveland. When I drove the course last year, it was one of those parts of the course that I wanted to make sure that I remember to check out because it's it's sort of this, you're near the end of the race, downtown Cleveland's right there. It's this gorgeous view that you wouldn't normally get. So, you know, take 30 seconds to appreciate that because you're almost at the end. It's this gorgeous view. And then head home. And the last, the very last part of the course that you have to contend with is the Detroit, uh, the Detroit Superior Bridge. It's a bridge. It's right there. It's at like mile 25.5. And it's kind of a cruel way to have to finish to go up a bridge. But just know that if you get up there, it's downhill. You're into the finishing shoot and you finished your race. Congratulations. You did it. You did it. You finished your race. Mm -hmm. Yay. It's it's a great course. Honestly, my my favorite parts of it, and I'm running the 10K, so um, the whole race is going to be my favorite part because I love being downtown. Yeah, and you stay being, mostly downtown with the 10K. Right. Last time I ran it, um, this is when they started down near First Energy Cleveland Brown Stadium. Right. And then they went out to, they went out on the highway. Yep. And then you eventually come back in through Tremont and all that. So I'm excited that my favorite part of the half marathon on the old course is now pretty much the entire 10K course. So I'm excited. And I'm excited for those quick half marathoners to meet me at the end of my 10K. When I'm with all the other slower see ten players, we'll see you there. I'll be looking for you, Thomas. I, I might finish before you two. We'll see. We'll see. Mm, mm. We will see, won't we? <laughs>
Challenge accepted. <laughs> if that's your challenge, then um, they don't give a medal for that one. Okay. Wow. Are there are there any worst parts of the course that you guys just kind of bump on before we move on? Worst and best is the same to me on this course. Um, I uh, I love that hill at like mile three. What what is it? Columbus Road. Yeah, that, like, yeah, half Columbus. mile hill. Yeah. Ooh. Now for half marathoners and marathoners, you don't go all the way up it. No, it's kind of anymore. divided now. It's basically um, like you get the first part of it, and then you get the last part when you go right. up in the Tremont further down. But the ten cares. Yeah, you get the whole. You get to eat the whole thing. Yeah. Bring it. Bring it. Yeah, that was oh I I wanted to tell one quick funny story about um the 10K last year. Um you we were talking at the beginning of the race, um, all the tight turns and everything that you're having to go through. Well, last year I had run the 10K with uh with a friend Jessica McCartney. And we were just going out because I didn't, you know, like most of my spring training, I don't seem to be able to put on the the miles that I would like to. So I, I was like, I'm just going to do the 5k 10 out there, ran the 10k with Jess. We kept it, you know, pretty moderate. We ran like 740, 745 and just talked the whole time. And at one point I had kind of backed off because we were coming around a turn and everybody was doing exactly what you were saying, Adam, where they, uh, where everybody wants the inside. Yep. So I kind of let people take it for safety because, I knew that everybody was going to kind of cut in there. Well, Jess was taught, we were talking and she was telling me something. And then I kind of backed off. I was a couple of people and she, she looked to the right and I just hear her say, Andrew, when did you put on a green shirt? <laughs> because a guy in a green shirt had snugged up right next to her instead of me. She was so confused and thought I did like a wardrobe change mid race. <laughs> Not lady Gaga over here. <laughs> I'm just thinking my way through the logistics of trying something like that. Yeah. Now I'm just imagining Andrew's Lady Gaga. Uh, I don't know if it ruins Andrew more for me or Lady Gaga for me. If I could sing like her, I can't. But if I could. We're not going to ask you to try. Yeah, you were born that way, Andrew. I don't have a worst part of the course. I, whenever I did the halves, I really enjoyed it. I've now I've heard historically, but this has been debunked by a lot of our ambassadors that we've had on the show. But I have heard that once you get into the marathon, the crowd support would die down a little bit. Mm -mm. But it sounds like it's the opposite. Maybe that I, was old course issues. Maybe that was old course problems. When the I, whole the whole thing of us handing out fruit at Hall of Fame started with my first full at Cleveland. That's where I got the idea because the crowd support was so amazing. And at like mile 18, no, yeah, about 18, it was about a mile or two before the turnaround and you started heading back. Um, there was a girl, probably six or seven years old, standing in the middle of the road. Her parents had some type of platform she was able to stand on, handing out oranges and bananas on both sides of her. And for me, it came at the absolute most perfect time too. I was like, I needed that. I don't know if I finished that race without that girl mm -hmm. standing in the middle of the road, handing out fruit. I thought it was absolutely incredible. And yeah, they are lined up all over the place. People are grilling out in their driveways, getting their neighbors over. Everybody's having block parties. It's insane out there. It's maybe a little more sporadic because you're in neighborhoods and everybody's congregating in one driveway. 
Yeah. But the crowd support's amazing. I mean, people are – and I feel it's more intimate there too because you're not talking about, you know – a mile stretch of people lined a mile or two yeah. or three people back. Like when you're downtown. So there are people like actually kind of telling you jokes as you're running and, you know, it's not just a sign you're seeing like people are actually like interacting with you as you're passing them. Um, and you're able to get high fives from kids and all this stuff. It's an incredible experience going through those neighborhoods. And like Adam said, they're beautiful old houses. Everything is yeah. just manicured perfectly. And, uh, yeah, no, I think out there is awesome, and it's flat, it's straight, yep, uh, it's wide, and you get to see the uh, you get to see the elites when you're heading out. You get to see the elites yeah. coming back, and that's just an incredible experience. And that kind of that gets you talking with the runners around you too. Sometimes when you need it, because you're just in awe. I have a I have a really cool story about the out and back part of that from last year. Um, one of my friends who I used to to serve with, her husband. Uh, had just finished podiatry school and they had just moved back out to Indiana and he was running his first full. And I think he finished around, it was like four and a half, five hours. So I was on the back portion of the course and he was on the out portion of the course and it was right around mile 20. And it was because I got hurt in my first full. Like I really hadn't experienced what the wall is like at mile 20 when you've been running well. And I hit mile 20 and there was just this sort of like, this enormity of, oh crap, I still have another 40, 45 minutes of this. And like, just kind of psychologically, mentally and physically, I felt good, but psychologically, I was hitting the wall a little bit. And all of a sudden, I just hear like this slow clap. And I look over and it's Josh heading out on the out portion of the course. And he actually, where he was, it's much more packed. Like the, the, the crowd was much more packed. I was kind of more like by myself. He actually stepped out from the crowd just to like slow clap me. And we, you know, we wished each other luck and then I headed back and it was just like perfect timing for that, for hitting the wall. And psychologically it got me through the rest of the race. I dealt with cramping and some things after that, but like the wall just kind of vanished after that. So it's, it's nice to have that. Cause if you do know people that are running and you're able to like kind of see somebody that, you know, it, it's, it's a nice little pick me up at that part of the course. Oh, absolutely. Thomas, I think the part you're talking about was when the course used to head out to the east side. Because mm-hmm. um, when you headed out there, you went out main roads. And I never did it, but I've talked to some people that used to run the old Cleveland course. You headed out main roads, but it was main roads were really there weren't any neighborhoods at all, so nobody lived there. And then you came back up, like right on the lake, again, where nobody lived. And I, I'd heard that the last half of the marathon course at that time really wasn't all that well spectated. Uh, but that's, they since haven't done that. It's been five or six years since the course changed. And second half is just awesome. It's just, it's awesome. But yeah, they're a race that listens to the people and they probably received that feedback Yeah, and they went and they changed it. And now it sounds right. like it's crowds poured throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, it's one step closer to being that perfect race. If they only brought back those guitar medals, spinning guitar medals. Wow. Wow. That was my Wayne's world. All right. Let's talk about race logistics. <laughs> Where can you meet this dysfunctional trio of podcasters? Where can they meet us? So the expos. Uh, Expos yeah. where, Andrew? The expo is going to be at the Huntington Convention Center. Yep. Uh, it's going to be downstairs there. Yep. Um, yeah, that's across from the Marriott downtown. Uh, it's going to be... A ton of fun, as always. It's a very well 
um, laid out expo, I think. Uh, yeah. Very easy, seamless. It's actually easy to skip the vendors too if you're not into shopping at expos, um, which I'm really not. I want to get my bib, my shirt, maybe go check out like two places and bounce. I don't what, know, Thomas? man. Expos are the best place to buy running shoes because they have them usually. Though I'll talk about the Columbus Expo real quick. They have the Fleet Feet around Columbus area. Their their shoes go on sale for about fifty percent off at the Expo. So you can find some good deals. So if you want to skip yeah. it, like Andrew said, you can. But there's also really great deals. These expo, that's where I buy usually all of my running shoes. Well, Once see, they go out, I'm like, okay, where's the next expo? Then I can buy some more. I like to skip it because if I don't, I'm going to spend all my money. That's so true. I'm being responsible. Right. might be 50% off, but I spent 200 times what I normally would. because That's bought a lot of math more. right there. I know. I know. And I can't do it. Adam's going to have to bring out his toes pretty quick. Just keep counting. Yeah. It, and uh, the, you said the Expo Center, it's a nice layout. But you're also, if you're not sure of where the hotels are, if if you hear across from the Marriott and you're like, I have no idea. I don't go downtown Cleveland a lot. It's right down there by the lake, too. You're close to First Energy Stadium. You're close yeah. to the Science Center, close to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So if you wanted to make a day out of it going down there, it all the attractions are there, too. And also the Tribe plays. At four o'clock on Saturday. They do? Come on. Come on. They do? No brainer. Cleveland is a very easy downtown to uh, navigate mm -hmm. into, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's walkable. You don't yeah. have to, you, know, you can park half a mile away and it's very walkable. Not a ton of one way roads either. Right. Yeah. Um, there is one thing about parking that we're going to talk about in a second that I will, I will make sure to bring up a little tip for everybody as they uh, plan their parking. But uh, so the expo is Friday, 12 to 7. Um, Saturday, it is going to start. The expo will open after the uh, 5K and 8K, one mile 5K and 8K events um, at 9, and we'll go till 6. Uh, there is no packet pickup on Sunday morning for the 10K half and full. None. None. There is, however, Saturday morning pickup for the one mile 5K and 8K. So if you are not able to get down there Friday evening in time, you can pick it up set, uh, Saturday morning. So good things to good, and then you can go hit up the expo and get your fifty percent off shoes. Yeah, Thomas. Yeah, I'm cheap. <sighs> so no, no, you're thrifty. You're a smart. Oh, no, I'm pretty cheap. I'm pretty cheap. Um. So. All events that we have, um, Saturday, I just alluded to the 5K, 8K, one-miler. There's also a kid's run. Um, and then Saturday evening, there is a pasta dinner. Um, if you don't necessarily feel like pierogies on Saturday evening, um, you can go to the pasta dinner. Um, do you guys have any, besides your pierogi place, any other restaurants or bars or anything that people should visit? Well, in Ohio City, if you're looking for a healthier option than Sokolowski's, which um, I, and you said if you don't want pierogies, which I'm not sure I've met anybody who frequents Cleveland who doesn't want to eat pierogies, but there's a place in Ohio City called Town Hall. Yep. They do a lot. Everything they do there is organic. Everything there is, you know, um, all that hibbity-dibbity hipster stuff that you like. But if you like eating healthy, they do have a lot of great options. They do gluten-free and it's celiac friendly too. They even have on there, they they do separate cooking of all the stuff. My wife likes to go there all the time. 
um, whenever we go to Indians games and all that stuff. But um, that's the restaurant I would probably pick if you're looking for a healthy marathon thing. But after the marathon, shoot, there are a ton of places you can go to get food if you're trying to fill up after that. Yeah. Two things I'll point out. They're always like kind of like the biggest frequently asked questions around expos in the race. Somebody can pick up your info. They have to have um, your ID to do so. A picture and of it will suffice. A picture of it? Okay. And then um, the other thing is that you get clear bags for all of your stuff. Make sure that you take your things down in that clear bag just for race security. There's a reason they give you a clear bag. Mm -hmm. So when you're dropping off your gear, just be aware of that. And use the gear check. I know a lot of people who don't. I don't understand it, especially at this race. It is so easy. Yeah, because start and race, uh, the start and finish lines are pretty close. So within probably yeah. a quarter mile of each other. So you can. And the gear check is at the finish. You're going to walk right past it regardless. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm staying at a hotel that's like four blocks from the finish and I'll still use it. Yeah. And if you're worried about security, I've. The years I've done it, I've left my cell phone in there, my wallet in there. Yeah. They've done, they do a great job. Yeah. Your stuff's yeah. secure. There's nothing Absolutely. you have to worry about. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of great people associated with this race. So, yeah, you don't have to worry about anything mm -hmm. um, when it comes to that. Um, so, Sunday, the big events um, start at 650. Um, we have the wheelchair at 650, and then the uh, main events will kick off at 7. Make sure if you are driving in, to Cleveland, I recommend getting downtown by 530. Yeah. Now, I will tell you that if you park at Tower City, you don't really go through any of the roads. Well, part of Canal is, but you can still get in through Canal. Um, you avoid a lot of the traffic downtown. You don't really have to go to downtown to park at Tower City, and you can get there a little bit later. And it's good because Tower City is right by the start, right by the finish. Um, so that's a good place to park. And if you just, you know, Google Tower City, you'll get directions on how to get there. Do realize that the parking off Tower City is off of Canal Road, which is part of the marathon and half marathon course. So don't leave it till 630. Right. But I had no problem parking there last year. Um, if you're living out of town and you're close to the rapid stations, I have taken the rapid in several times. The rapid runs into Tower City. And it's nice because you park a little bit away. You get to just kind of like sit on the train and ride it and not have to worry about traffic or anything. It's kind of, for me, it's a nice relaxing way to just kind of chill out before the race. I usually put on my headphones, listen to my, you know, my warm-up playlist and uh, take advantage of it if, you, if you're living near one. There is also a ton of on-street parking. Yeah. And with the, the main road closures are going to be open again around downtown by the time you finish your race, um, except for where the finish is. So stay on the east, east side of downtown, on the east side of the finish line, um, and you'll be yeah. able to get in and out of the city real easy. You don't have to pay for parking, but make sure that you mark where you park on your phone. Yep. Because downtown Cleveland at 6 o'clock in the morning, everything looks the same. You don't want to do what I did in 2014, which is forget where you parked and have to walk like four miles after running 26.2 miles. Wander the city. Oh my gosh. It was the worst. Do not forget where you parked because it is awful. Um, but yeah, get down in plenty of time. Better to be early than late. You don't want traffic to stress you out traffic will start getting backed up downtown around 5 30 
It's going to take you a while to find parking. You're going to need to use the porter potty at least six times. Um, With the size of the two of your bladders, yes, you'll definitely need to. True. That's not my bladder that makes me have to use the bathroom that much. Um, it's another nice. It is. It's another nice reason to park over by Tower City. Is there's a ton of porta potties right outside Tower City. And I don't want to spoil this for whoever told it to me, but the Jack apparently is very cool with people using their restrooms. That's awesome because Tower City, like the actual inside, is is not. Yeah. So now make people are using it they might kick you out but or maybe you just take a dollar and go play a slot real quick there you go so uh, a dollar i would totally spend a dollar to have no line use a porcelain toilet not be in a porter potty that would be worth it wouldn't it yes yeah if you have a gambling addiction there are plenty of resources that can help you in those situations yes I'm just addicted to using bathrooms that don't wind up on the back of a flatbed. Um, so I had one other thing I was going to say, and I don't. Oh, and then last thing I want to say just about the start. We've talked about this a lot. When you pick up your bib on Friday sat, Friday or Saturday, pay attention to the letter yes. um, that is on it. Your correct. It is very, very, very important for your safety, for the safety of those around you, and also for your results. Pay attention to that. There's so many pacers around too that have your mile pace, your goal time on flags, and they'll be holding them up. Pay attention to them. Adam alluded to it earlier. It's a very crowded start. Um, There are lots of turns at the start. The one thing you don't want to do is be around people who are much faster than you. You wind up tripping over people's feet on those turns. Yep, somebody's going down. So just be very just be careful. A good human. Look yeah. out for other people. Just be a good human. I'm talking yeah, like, not just to the the slower people like myself, but just even the fast runners. Don't be a jerk. Like you know, I, you're not gonna you're not gonna win the race. You're not elite. Be nice to people. My assignment will be corral a based on the time that I thought I was gonna run. I, I'm not going to be able to run that sort of a pace. So I will, I don't know if I'll be in corral B, but I will specifically put myself back with closer to where my long range, uh, long run pace will be. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be slower guys. I don't need to be, I don't need to be using up road and, and blocking people that are going to be faster right. than me on race day. So just, just be aware of what you're capable of doing that day and don't ruin it for people around you. Like everybody's going to get to the finish line. I promise. As long as we're respectful of one another. Yes. Yeah. So be, be uh, nice to one another. Yeah. Can I can I leave a parting piece of advice to everybody? Of course. Please. When you're at the expo and before the race on Sunday, make sure you find Michael Kelly. He's the voice of the race. He's the voice of the start line, and he also does a voice. Uh, he talks throughout the expo. Go find him and talk to him. Speaking of finding people, we said that we were going to say when you could find us, and I don't think we ever oh. actually said when you can find us. I don't think we've actually discussed it yet. No, we did. We did. Sure we did. I'm we pretty sure beforehand. we did, Andrew. We, yeah. I guess we did talk about when we're going to be at the expo. We agreed, Take it away, Adam. We agreed 3 o'clock on Saturday we should be down there, correct? Uh, that's when that... we were going to do the uh, podcast. I'll do it. Okay, so we are going to be meeting at the expo. We'll probably be there around 1.30, 1.30 to 2 o'clock. And then we're going to do go. our live show from the beautiful uh, whatever hotel Hyatt in Cleveland. Regency. The Hyatt, Re- Hyatt Regency. Hyatt? 
Hi at Regency. We're going to do a an amazing live pot. We're probably going to do it on those fancy Instagram lives or that Facebook live. And we'll also have an audio version. Although to tell you the truth, the audio version is not going to help you as much because it probably won't be posted till after the marathon. So just watch the live version. Get yeah. on your mobile device. Bring your uh, kid's iPad and take it from them and um, switch it from Paw Patrol to us. So we're going to do Sump the Host now because we've talked a lot about the marathon. I'm pretty excited. Tell me it's Paw Patrol. I will kill that shit. It is not Paw Patrol. I'm sorry. Um, so note to self, no Paw Patrol. Stump the hosts. But we're going to be talking about records because we talked about records in the current events. Seems like most of the things we were discussing were Ilya Kipchoge, Walmsley running a 50-mile record, and going all the way back to Bannister's sub-four-minute mile record. So I'm going to share with you a few different records. And you have to tell me if this is a real record or I made it up. These are running records? There will be an element of running in all of them, yes. Okay. Most of them are running. One of them, um, I, it just made me chuckle, so I, I included it. Okay. I'll just uh, go so back and forth. Like the fastest marathon in a hot dog costume type of record. Different ones, yeah. We're gonna but find um, the hot dog costume is not one of them. But there are 10, okay. 10 records. And then we're just going to go back and forth. So each of you have five. Okay. And if if at the end there is no, uh, there is no tiebreaker, I might ask you a tiebreaker about a specific length of one of the 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 records. So here goes nothing. First one, running backwards, Who, completing a marathon one? running backwards. Is that a Guinness record or not? Who's answering this? Oh. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to say that is a record. It is a record. Yeah. Congratulations. Good job. So you have one. Again, the first one's always the easiest one. Next one, Adam. Yes. Fastest marathon while recording a podcast. That feels like it is not a record. It is not a record. Good job. Next one. Maybe Andrew. we should set that one. Ooh, that's a good idea. Okay. So since it's um, not a record yet, we just have to finish, right? Exactly. Right. We just have to. Well, then, so the two of you will be doing that, <laughs> that podcast together. Um, next one, Andrew, back to you. You guys are feeling really confident today, too. I can feel in your voices. Real, real confident. Third one, most vehicles to run over a person. <laughs> that has to be real. Please, please let it be real. It is real. <laughs> it is real. A gentleman had uh, been run over nine times by a vehicle. What? Intentionally? Yes, he, he survived. He survived. He has the record, so you got to... Some yeah. of these things, what makes you wake up and go, I just want to be run over by a car today. <laughs> you want to get in that book. You want to get in that book. Adam, we'll go to you. Okay. Most marathons completed by a divorced couple. Running together? Yes. Oh, I want that to be real. It's real. It is not real. Oh, they do man. not have an official record for it. That needs they to do happen. have a record, though. Most marathons complete together by a married couple. Okay. And that record is 1,050. <sighs> Holy crap. One couple ran 1,050 marathons together. Jeez. Which is 
That sounds really expensive. Yeah. Really expensive. Andrew. Mm -hmm. Well, it's two to one right now. Andrew, you're in the lead. Fastest marathon by a marching band. Not real. That is real. Uh, The Huddersfield Marching Band over in jolly old England completed a marathon as a, as a marching band, six hours and 56 minutes. They completed it. Wow. Did they, pl- they played music the whole time? That I'm not sure. Hmm. That sounds, no, that they can't. I'll have to go back and check, but that seems like quite the endeavor to expel all of that, you know, all that air and all that energy playing music. I don't know. But if they're not playing music, aren't they just a marching? Well, they're a band. They're still a band. I digress. Next one. We're on Adam. Two to one. You could catch up with this one. Good. Fastest marathon by a mascot. That's got to be real. It is. Yeah. It is real. It was under four four hours, too. That's pretty solid. Four hours. Tied two to two, Andrew. Can you feel the pressure? No. You sweating yet? <laughs> no. Okay. We'll see how you do. Don't lose that lead. I already did. Fast. Well, you didn't lose it completely. You're still trying. You can get it back. You have a you have a question in hand. Fastest 5K on a Facebook live feed. So running, holding the phone, live feeding the entire thing. Real. Oh, that's real fake. That was a real fake one. Adam, we're back to you. Shit. Fastest blindfolded Ironman triathlon. Yeah, so that means you're blindfolded. That, sound, that sounds like something somebody would do. Yes, somebody swam a long time, two miles blindfolded. They biked for 112 miles blindfolded, and they ran a marathon blindfolded, and they did it in 11 hours and 40 minutes. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I'm, I'm not sure. So it's three to two. Andrew, you lost the lead. Last question. For you, at least. Youngest married couple to complete a marathon. Aggregate age. What is the aggregate age? The aggregate age of the youngest married couple was 37. Real. That was a lie. Um, It was the oldest married couple, aggregate age, to complete a marathon. The oldest age was... Together, 129 years and 109 days. Wow. They completed a marathon together. That one, does, it seems attainable. Yeah, I guess. 60, 60 something years old each. Yeah, I think you could. Yeah. yeah. There are 70 year old marathoners out there. Sure. But it's getting your spouse on board. I could never break the marathon record because my wife does not want to run. Okay. Period. That is a problem then. Yeah. But she's also in her 30s. So. I got like 40 years to work on it. I wish you luck. Thank you. Thank you. It won't happen. Um, last one. And this one's just for funsies, Adam, because I'm pretty sure you won. Running a marathon with an egg on a spoon. So one is I'm going to say that taking this lead over very late seems very prophetic for tomorrow. <laughs> yes, that's a real record. It is a real record. Good job. Good job. Yeah, three hours and 47 minutes they ran with an egg on a spoon. Why not? So good for them. Not? 
And also a, a little bonus current event. I saw on the internets that they were trying to take away a world record from a woman running the London Marathon in scrubs, in nurses scrubs. Oh, I saw this, something about this. Yeah, but then they ended up giving the record back to her. So that's good. Way to, way to appreciate what nurses do for everybody, Guinness. Yes. Uh, good job. Yes. They do more than play cards. Yes, we're not going into politics here, but wow. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, uh, Washington's a little outside of the Rust Belt. But good oh. job, Adam. You won Stump the Hosts. Yay! And hopefully we can have similar results tomorrow. Yes. When Liverpool potentially uh, win the championship, they win yeah. the title. Andrew, it's okay. You can listen to it for five seconds. Yes. Nope. Before Andrew finishes us off, just wanted to say that Yesterday, I got a text from one of last week's guests, Erica Gennaro. She and Heather McLeod, who were on last week, both found out that they are going to be running the London Marathon next year. They just um, they got in with their, their charity work. So, one, exciting for them. They're going to go after their fifth star. Two, we are going to be posting their uh, charity links. So if anybody is interested, they can donate to their charities. I think it's $10,000 they have to raise. So congratulations to both of them. It was a really good episode. If you haven't listened about running for a cause, the ins and outs of charity running, what it's like to run in a foreign country. So check that out and we'll be posting their links soon. Is that 10,000 per? I think it's 10,000 per. Yeah. Cause I, I sent you both links. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to raise 20 K together. Yeah. So if you, you dropped like a buck, it wouldn't hurt. Yes. Wouldn't that hurt. Them. Correct. All that money you saved on running shoes, you can put them towards, um, you can put the difference towards donations by being a smart expo shopper. Yeah. All right, Andrew, take us home. All right. I'll do that. Uh, thank you everybody for listening today. Um, we're going to have a very, Adam is out of here. Nope. He's back. Nope. Oh God. Somebody just end it. Um, you are right now. That's what you're trying to do, but you keep talking. Yeah, I got to get through this. Um, we're going to have a very special podcast next week live from Cleveland. Um, it's going to be very exciting. We're going to have more info on that as we get closer. Um, we're Thomas said we bought a soundboard. I haven't bought it yet, so it, we might have all sorts of hiccups. Who the hell knows? Um, we're going to anyways. We're rust belt running. We don't like technology. Um so we're going to do everything we can to get this on Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook Live, everything. Um, so be watching the social media channels for that. If you are listening to the audio version or if you're watching on YouTube. Um, they should watch on YouTube. Please. Um, we appreciate reviews. Um, even that person who gave us a one star and didn't leave any comment about it. Yeah. If you're going to give bad reviews, give us constructive yeah. criticism yeah, at please. least. Constructive feedback, please. Um, but that's a great way for people to hear about the show. Um, you know, we want to make, we want to make impact, not just, I mean, we do enjoy making this even if nobody's listening. Um, but we do want to, you know, take some of the experience and knowledge that we've gained and do what we can to have fun with other people and impact other people. So if our pod isn't on your favorite podcast app, please let Thomas know and he will do everything he can to fix that. And he's going to be up late tonight, too, with the Sharks game. No, I will, I will share some good news. Now that they are in the Western Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. It's eight o'clock. I hear some applause. Now their games don't start any later. The latest one is a 9 o'clock start. But most of them are going to be 8 o'clock. So I am totally excited that I do not have to stay up until like 1 a.m. anymore. That's, that, that is exciting. 
Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, oh, I have control, and I just muted Adam because he was probably playing something from Liverpool. All right, well, that does it for this week, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. End it. Enjoy your miles, everybody. Thank you.